1: It would be remiss to start this week's podcast anywhere other than the events that took place in Christchurch on Friday. Needless to say, our thoughts and prayers are with the families and friends of the victims and survivors of that horrific act of violence. Um before we move on, Izzy, you'd like to talk about Muhammad Issam's extraordinary account of that day?
2: Yeah, he was the he was the first person I saw and well, that's the first way I heard about the the whole um affair was, was this Twitter stream from Muhammad Issam who's ESPN Quick Info's Bangladesh correspondent and he gave um, well a, a running report of how things unfolded um, and how the Bangladesh team were involved. Uh, thankfully they nobody was injured there. their bus pulled up at the mosque um, from what we understand uh, moments after the the shooting had occurred but it, it was a it was a very raw, very honest account and it was it was very telling or poignant, I thought, that Tamim Iqbal, the Bangladesh captain, called him. He was the first person that he went to uh, for help, essentially, when the bus was at this mosque and the shooting was unfolding. Um, and Mohammed Issam, his, and not just from him, we've heard accounts from other people, his first response was to run into danger and it was a very... You know, we, we cover cricket. We love covering cricket. It's a wonderful thing to do. We take it seriously sometimes, sometimes not so seriously. Um, but it was, I think, that relationship between journalists and athletes um, sometimes actually runs a lot deeper than we think. And I know we're, we're, it's a very, it's a quite light a lighthearted pod. And I'm almost sorry to bring the tone down, but it was, it was, I, I found it really quite um, a telling moment. And I, and I think that it reinforced that bond between athletes and journalists at such a horrible moment.
1: Yeah, it really moves up. If you've not read Mohamed Issam's account, definitely have a look for it online. Um, as meaningless as cricket may seem at the moment, that is why we're here. So let's get cracking. Welcome to episode 22 of the and Cricket Weekly podcast. Um, it's great to have with us for the first time the Christopher Martin Jenkins Young Cricket Journalist of the Year for 2018, Izzy Westbury. Welcome. Good to have you. I think my mother was just happy that I'm still young. Okay. Um, I like Great. that categorisation. You you won the domestic cricket broadcaster of the year the year before, didn't you?
2: Uh, I did, and that, that was not young. So yeah. I, sort of, I feel as I'm, what is it, um, Billy Button or something that comes down in age? <laughs> Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: You're young the one. again. Yeah. yeah,
2: young
1: again. I'll, I'll be him. To be honest, I'm not really sure what I think about you winning a big time award one year and then a young journalist award yeah. the year after. Yeah, it's a um, bit like
0: the, uh, the FA Young Player of the yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, once you won the young, uh, senior award you shouldn't get a young one I mean, you would give it to Raheem Sterling you, Starling, you would can you? call me Harry want. that's fine <laughs> um, well anyway my other guest today is Wisdom's Ben Gardner runner-up in that award <laughs> that Izzy won um, you were robbed weren't you Ben uh, no no fully, fully, fully <laughs> deserved but I'll get her next year um, right cricket um, Izzy you were on the TMS commentary team for the recent England India series before we go into the actual cricket what was that like being out there and covering the series
2: It was brilliant. It was all quite last minute. Um, But I think one of the the best things uh, about being out there, it's quite a small team. There were just four of us covering the cricket. We were the only UK outlet, whether it be radio or papers, who were covering the women's tour, which was three ODIs in um, Mumbai and three T20s up in Guwahati, around the corner of Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. And I think it was um, was just a very intimate uh, way of of covering a tour. I'm reading uh, Derek Pringle's book about his... Um, recollection of cricket in the 80s and about how journalists had much more access and sort of this sort of camaraderie and, and this connection with players and it's almost a feeling that, that women's cricket is at that stage now where you know we're sitting in the same hotel we go for coffee with them we chat to them and you get much more of an insight into how they function both off field and on field and you can make your own assessments from that I think the difficulty is, is when they're less than flattering and you've got to speak up and say that.
1: Yeah, so moving on to the, the, the cricket itself, uh, England lost the ODI Series 2-1, uh, won the T20 Series 3-0, uh, I guess in the first couple of games, runs on the board was a problem, but in the third game, an amazing game actually, Danny Wyatt's kind of like a coming of age innings, her first 50 in ODI cricket I believe? Absolutely, yeah.
2: she's played more than 50 ODIs um, mm. and she would actually is one of those flukes of, of chance that that sometimes define a career, and it might well define her. She wasn't supposed to be playing, um, but Sophie Eccleston had broken a finger. She so Danny White had played the first match. He'd hold out to long on off oh, a classic Danny White. I'm just going to smash it over <laughs> everyone's head. Didn't quite manage it for about two. Got dropped from that match because I think Heather Knight got as frustrated as Heather Knight gets, and she gritted her teeth and um, th- threw some dagger looks at her. And then White was dropped, came back, um, and scored a very gritty fifty. Um, she didn't quite see it to the end. You thought, oh, another one where she'd thrown it away. But she, she did play a very good innings. And it meant that England uh, got that kind of um, that reprieve, that a few points on the ICC Women's Championship table. And it also fed into her T20 innings in the next few matches where she wasn't necessarily needed to score big runs quickly. She needed to stay in. Um, and she did. And I, th- I hope... Um, this is something that Danny Wyatt and England have been searching for, perhaps for the last decade, is to mm. find her role in both the T20 setup and the ODI setup, and, and maybe they
0: have. Yeah, I think she she does herself down a bit, like she kind of thinks herself as this one-dimensional player who can mm. only do one thing. And she'll say, "Sort of, I'm best," and I'm just told exactly what to do. And I'm best, and I'm told to hit every ball. But I think she can. She she she's a proper cricketer. She can play proper innings.
2: Well, you hit on something that we all found when we were covering the tour: is that the England woman have achieved some amazing things in the last couple of years. I mean, winning the World Cup. I, I would almost argue that they weren't ready to win the World Cup and they did it as a bit of a surprise when they did. But they're very good at being told what to do and acting on what well, they're then. being told. What I'd like to see more of, and I think is evident when we're out there, was of their own autonomous decision-making. Mm. Um, it's it's a lovely environment. Everybody enjoys themselves out there. Everyone enjoys each other's company. They play the cards together. They, they live very near in, in Loughborough, but they're almost like, young girls and they need to turn into grown women. And it's something that I think is, is a tussle for women's sport or women's sport that's turning professional, is that you're almost so keen to become the model professional that you don't allow any sort of leeway for... Just being human, um, which the men in both the county setup and then and the international setup, they've been professional since you know the beginning of time, as far as I'm concerned, really. Um, and okay, there's there's transgressions, and we've, we've seen all that in the media. But it also means that they kind of know when to switch on and switch off from that professional mode. And I just don't think that women know yet when to, to to not be professionals and just be human. Um, but again, it's it's, it's tough because they are out allowed to play cricket. Um, mm-hmm. But then they live in the hotel and eat the buffet and you think you're in India. Your, your heart is an amazing place yeah. um, so it's that fine line between sort of not being stuck in your hotel room the whole day but also not going out and I don't know eating a dodgy samosa off a street door
1: <laughs> but so, I, I, I don't know I was like following them on social media they seem much more human than the men's team I would say yeah yeah like absolutely. they seem to have a laugh much more um, yeah they seem much more like normal people
2: sanitised fun I'd almost say I mean you just you just don't they never put a foot out of line and that that's exhausting um, but maybe that's also why I'm not a professional cricketer. <laughs> <They
0: are. laughs> there's, no, there's no Ben Duckett pouring a beer over someone's no. head. <laughs> like, I mean,
2: in a way, I almost you know I almost want to hear about some sort of wild night where someone's transgressed a little bit or drank too much. I mean, you, you're not supposed to say these things, but I, I do think that sometimes they just get caught up in this. This it's so tiring having to be that model professional that sometimes you just think, come on, just, just let your hair down. And I think I've shown in cricket, is that they they got too timid in the first couple of one-dayers. Mm. They just, you know, we talk about that cliche of playing with freedom. I mean, they looked like they were, well, they had to come from nets, um, and they, ju- they just looked so constrained. Mm. And I think there's a number of factors. Of course, it's not just that, but I think it would help if someone just said, oh, for goodness sake, go and have a good night out.
1: Do you think so, that, sorry, uh, do you think that comes from uh, the players themselves or does it come from the, the leadership? The a bit setup? of both. I mean, uh, Mark Robinson is a
2: really nice guy. Mm. Um, but sometimes I just, I feel that England have got He's been there, what, three years? And through making it a nice environment, people don't feel too insecure. They all feel like he's revived the careers of the likes of Wyatt, of Beaumont, and a number of other players, Jones, Amy Jones as well. But you almost think right now you've got to step up to the next level. Um, you've got to put behind the fact that you've won the World Cup and think about the ashes that are coming up, the World T twenty next year. If you look at the likes of Australia, Elisa Healy, you know, she she's a horrible person at times. She calls herself a mongrel. Um <laughs>
0: Bring the bitch back to the Yeah, city. bring the bitch back.
2: You know, you're never going to see that from from England. I want Nat Silver to go and say that. Can you imagine?
0: Yeah.
2: Or you know, smashing a window and she gets out. I mean, at the moment, I just think that That's not there. That kind of that little bit of character. I think. I think it is there. I just think we haven't seen it
0: yeah so on on the cricket side with White, what is her best role, especially in one day cricket? should she be opening or should she be at number six, yeah. where she can finish it off or player sort of well, a I think the opening like questions
2: that? a really interesting one, so the moment Amy Jones and Tammy Beaumont are up there, Amy Jones had a pretty ordinary tour of India but is reviving um her 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 role. Um, at the top of the order against Sri Lanka but then again Sri Lanka are a much weaker Mm. position I think England like the fact that they've got sort of a hitter so to speak or a 360 degree player in Beaumont and then a a more straight kind of um, uh, orthodox orthodox player of a Vince almost um, Vince (laughs) role but and why it's almost too much like Beaumont I think why is she's almost like a Joss Butler character. She's so good that yeah. you, I mean, she is so talented and she's starting to get her sort of cricket heads into focus that you you almost say you want to get her in as early as possible, whether it be ODI or T20. Having said that, I know that the England set-up, they want her to be a finisher difficulty was she wasn't finishing or that she was she could do the sort of last few overs slog but i think that her talent is such that she should be able to have the role of a finisher from say 25 overs onwards in a 50 over match Mm. and you know i I do think that with that innings in that third ODI i might be the making of her in that in that finisher role
0: ben what's your moment of the week uh so mine is from the uh the ireland afghanistan test match the uh, first session they play against each other when afghanistan won their first ever test, which was the, what the, the second earliest team ever to do so in their second game. Which yeah, in
1: Australia in eighteen seventy seven. They're the quickest.
0: Brilliant, but my my <laughs> Why moment. didn't you know that. <laughs> my, my moment is actually uh Tim Mercer, the the Lambeth Lara, uh, scoring a fifty from number eleven in the first innings. Think they were eighty six for nine and more than doubled their score. Uh, he hit Ireland's first ever six in Test cricket which is great and then and then follow up with Wait, another Kevin
1: Obrien didn't hit a six in his no,
0: hundred that I think that the thing about the hundred it was just so so proper normal cricket, wasn't yeah. it yeah he's a, he's a proper cricketer well, yeah. but uh so he got he got that half century and then they needed him again in the second and he's got another half century or no another half century stand for the last wicket so he was the first number 11 to score above 25 twice in the same test match and it was the first time a team of Added fifty for the last wicket twice. No, the second time they've done that in a Test match. Oh, so amazing! It was, yeah, it was brilliant. Amazing. And, and, you know, it's just a reward for a guy's. Do you, do you know him? Yeah, middlesex. Absolutely. Sets? He's
2: sort of he's he's that kind of jobbing county cricketer. Mm. He, we always would you think that would be his his, his role. Lot, yeah. his, his, that would be his lot, and he'd retire, and everyone would remember him as a, a very good middlesex cricketer. But it's. Um, he, in a way, it's perfect for him because he probably wasn't going, ever going to be good enough if he had been English, for example, to play for England. But to uh, now have had Test cricket and plus these these fifth <laughs> record behind it, I think um, he's, yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. We talked so much about nice guys in cricket and was tired of it. But he, yeah, he's um, just reward.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was a, just a brilliant game, I think, really. Um, Ireland probably did better than most people were expecting. I think when they slipped to whatever it was, 87 for nine people thought that was like, that was to be expected with Rashi Khan and they mm. had struggles playing spin and then really battled all the way through. And I think there was, on that third evening, I really thought they were going to do it. So they'd set about 150 to win and George Dockrell and Andy McBrien opened the bowling and uh, leaked about five runs in 10 overs and got Mohamed Jazad out. And it just, it felt almost like that um uh, Pakistan against 72 England. 72 all out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that they, they were going to just crawl their way and, and not get close. And then they, they eventually sort of cruised it, but it was a, Really hard I don't think Ireland's first win is going to be too far away. I think they've got Zimbabwe away next year and then Bangladesh at home. And I'd be surprised they don't win one of those two.
2: England as well. Isn't yeah. true. True. Absolutely. But I think one thing that really shouldn't be um, um, underestimated is how difficult the conditions were. I mean, they were playing yeah. in North India. I think somewhere quite, quite... Derrida. Yeah. yeah. In cricketing terms, quite obscure in a way. Mm. Much more... Um, Afghanistan are much more accustomed to that kind of, um, those kind of conditions. Um, so I, I think that not just you know, not just the, the spinning wickets, but also the travelling and the food, etc. I mean, you know, these are novice test cricketers. Mm. To be put there
1: is, is quite a big ask. And yeah, I thought it was amazing. Um, ben, you're a bit of an Afghanistan expert. Um, <laughs> there, there is more to Afghanistan than Rashid Khan.
0: Yeah, 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 plenty more. I mean, uh, for, for starters, there's Majib, the other teenager spinning wonder kid but there's also um, uh, Ramat Shah mm, was actually played Rashid Khan was he wasn't rolled but he got Afghanistan's first ever test five wicket haul in the second innings with a, a blister on his finger as well which is um, perhaps a metaphor of how they had to struggle to get to the top I don't oh, know for good. Uh, but no Ramat Shah with two, with two gritty half centuries uh, he was uh, sort of the like the, the linchpin I think what will be interesting in the World Cup is, is going to be the batting because they don't score 300 very often in ODIs and that's going to be like less than a pass score in England. So I do, I actually, in a way, fear for them a little bit. And hopefully it'll be one of the things where even if they lose nine out of nine, the experience will bolden them. But I think that is possible, even though they are a team mm. on the rise. It's not very popular to say, but I don't think that, although they're, they're a very good ODI team if in like an ODI league, I think they'll get some scouts. But I think in a in a World Cup in England, is going to be like, as you say, in the conditions, it's almost as alien for them as a, uh, a spinning wicket. in in, in India as far Ireland
1: disagree to be honest I think Sri Lanka worse Uh, Sri (laughs) Lanka today has reported that uh, Karuna Karunaratne might be their captain for the World Cup a man who averages 15 in ODI cricket with a strike rate of 68 (laughs) Sri Lanka have won one of their last 15 ODIs I'd, I'd put Afghanistan ahead of
0: yeah, OK, m- m- maybe they'll a battle for the wooden spoon, but I think, I think they'll That's be... That's the game to watch in the World Cup, that. But That's as we Trunker. know as
2: well, a form going into World Cup means absolutely nothing if you mm. look at the past precedents mm. and the ones that India, for example, have won. Um, mm. You know, in the games leading up to the ones that they have, they've been pretty awful and, and they've just stepped up to the task. That's why I'm already worried about Australia winning.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah we yeah. Talked, talked about it last week. I, I do think they're quite good. No, we can't
0: see that. <laughs> 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 so we've got to build them up now because then... Pressure. That's, that's we need how it pressure works. On exactly. yeah, yeah. The pressure yeah. uh, Steve Smith's going to be player of the tournament, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> be, um, a story that you might not have seen is that of Lauren Rowles, uh, a Worcestershire player who's been asked to withdraw from the squad having allegedly not paid her debts to the club. Uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting story that you'll be able to read in full on wisdom.com, but without going into all the details, it shines light on the fact that for a lot of counties, women still have to pay to play county cricket. Um, Izzy, you're a former Middlesex captain, so you're a better place to talk about this than pretty much anyone. Um, so right now, do do all county players have to pay to play? It's difficult, it's difficult for me to
2: say um, categorically because I've I've left, I've not been playing for two years. Um, and no, I don't think they do. Um, I think when I was at Middlesex, when I joined Middlesex in 2013, we had to pay a sort of stipend. I think it was 100 pounds every winter to cover the costs of I don't know, the indoor school slash coaches. It was a kind of thing that I think they asked their youth setups to do. And that's kind of the issue, is that in a lot of the county setups, the women's team are not part of the professional bit. So you normally have the county professional team and club, and then you've got the county board, which looks after the age group setups mm. and the academy and the women. Um,
1: that's the case with Worcestershire. So yeah. the Worcester team is under the Worcester cricket board not the Worcestershire Canterbury Club.
2: So it's almost that you, you, you refer to Worcestershire, mm. but then actually they're two different entities in themselves and, and actually there's not much talk in between. Mm. Um, but when I, when I was at Middlesex, it's something that we got rid of, um, that, that stipend that you had to pay, but you know, there's still a lot of other things that will leave the cricket out of pocket. And I, I know that it's still the case in 2019 that um, Middlesex women, they have to pay individually for transport, to any match and, and I mean quite often so if Yorkshire Lancashire in our league when I was there um you you're doing a sort of 480 mile round trip mm. and you had to find a way to sort that out between you um which and I, and I think it's, again the, I think you've asked me before whether that has I've seen actual examples of people not playing as a result of the financial hurdles people aren't going to sort of, it's, are unlikely to sort of say, I can't play because I can't afford it. It's more people that won't be available for selection um, or won't be available for selection for the whole win for the whole season um, and just get turned away from the game that mm. you, you don't really see in the figures. Mm. But I think is definitely a deterrent and something that, let's be honest, needs to be looked at at this day and age. Yeah,
0: 100%. Um, I mean, Middlesex, their, their kits are made by, by Nike. I mean, I know, I know in, in some ways there are...
2: They've also just signed Amy de Villiers. But yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. It's a...
2: Details, details. Um,
0: Is is it is it improving? Do you think? I mean, yeah,
2: absolutely. I think this is the challenge with um, the level of uh, women's the progress of women's cricket and women's sport is that it's it's that balance between a softly, softly, look how far we've come, Mm -hmm. it's going well, and a bang down the door because it's not going fast enough. Mm. Um, and you've just got to pick your moments and yeah. you've got to pick your causes I think what's happened with Lauren Rats is extremely unfortunate I think that there are probably other factors to the story as well Worcestershire um, have just won I think division one of the Three. division threes yeah. um, when you think that there's I think 54 well, I mean, there's a lot of counties playing so high level county cricket when actually you look at it and the the first class counties don't necessarily correspond to the best counties Berkshire and Devon for example in Division 2 all of England women play in Division 1 apart from a few in Division 2 so Division 3 you could argue actually isn't sort of top class Mm county cricket and therefore might equate to say a minor county in men's cricket I don't know if they have to pay for things there as well Um, it's a very convoluted structure that system from what I understand is changing in 2020 Um, it's, it's a little bit sort of um, make it up as you go along. Uh, but I do think that one way or another it's it's making progress. But headlines like this, the ones that you see Lauren Rouse, are not particularly great for the game.
1: What, why are the teams run by the cricket boards and not the counties themselves?
2: I think it's because women's cricket has only really um, progressed in such visible strides over the last decade, really. Um, even, even sort of 20 years ago, women's cricket was very, you know, it was below. Um, it was viewed upon as being below, I don't know, a second thirteen men's mm. club standard, and mm. trying to get pitches, for example, that was almost impossible. Um, it, that's why women's cricket is played on a Sunday because mm. you can't get a pitch on on a Saturday, and even then, it was almost an inconvenience for ground staff. I think, I think it's because women's cricket just hasn't been that big or in the public eye, um, and that, and even just participation numbers. So it was, it was seen more as a development thing, which is the remit of the boards, mm. as opposed to in any when when they. Started making women's teams for counties. I don't think anybody Mm. foresaw the fact that they might possibly one day become professionals or even, you know, as I like to call myself, a 1% professional, (laughs) because that's pretty much how much I ever got paid. Um, And so I think we're now at that stage where actually these, they, they are, they should be being taken at least, if not into reimbursement and remuneration wise, they should be being taken into the ambit of the setup of the county cricket professional bit as opposed to the boards but that transition is going to be difficult
1: the restructure will change things yeah. i think there will only be 10 county teams that play in the main yeah. competition which yeah. is
2: right perfect because if you look okay. at if you look at the first class it's difficult calling it a first class structure But if you look at the the top tiers of the um australian domestic stuff they play their state program where right? like mm. six states um same as the men's and, and actually that's probably at this stage of women's development you need to have a smaller elite tier uh then you've got to start addressing mm. things that come underneath that like club cricket's falling mm. away um what about the people that are no longer are going to be part of an elite level county sector i here.
0: know i know it's it's there's no perfect solution but it's, that's still gonna to have to be something they handle delicately i guess in terms of which yeah. counties feed into where i mean because it, as you say with devon who, who are they going to play for they're going to have to travel sort of three hours to play for their local First class, first class county. Yeah. It's a, it's just, it's just a, a really difficult one, I guess.
2: I think whatever choice is made, somebody is going to yeah. be um, have their feathers ruffled, or it's just not going to be particularly
1: great for them. Mm. Um, but I think that you've got to almost take a utilitarian approach for yeah. the greater good. <laughs> I feel like there will be no excuse for stories like this one after yeah. they make the change. With yeah. ten teams, they should be able to, you know. Pay them, like well, it's nice an irony,
2: really, for it play. happened to Worcestershire. I think it was a few years ago that they came out and said that they're going to be paying their players um, to try and almost kick sort of, um, kickstart some sort of professionalisation, but I don't think that's quite worked out. Um, no, it's not a great story, mm. but in a, sometimes, actually, you need people to see those stories. I remember talking doing the 2015 Ashes and saying that I, I was playing for Middlesex, Captain Middlesex at the time, that I didn't actually get to train during the season because the facilities, you know, after, after work, they were being hired out to corporate people or whatever. So we couldn't have access to, I think it was Finchley, which is an hour and a half from where I live and work, um, until nine o'clock at night. (laughs) And it's, it was, yeah, it was, um, I think people didn't realize that. And that's yeah. so often the case with women's sport is that not that people don't want to do anything about it, they just have no idea.
1: Yeah, I think that's what the how the Lauren Roll story got as much attention as it did on yeah. social media is yeah. that I think people didn't actually know the women had to pay to play. Yeah.
0: Um and Middlesex women now have a a dedicated home as well, I think, and uh, uh I mean they have said it's useful just because you know which you'd have to put the dress in the satin and that sort of thing, but it's uh... <laughs>
1: Yeah, as I say, look out for that story on Uh, wisdom.com. Elsewhere, Test cricket is changing. (laughs) Uh, There might be a countdown clock in Test cricket to improve overrates. What do we think about that?
0: Uh, I, to be honest, I have never been convinced that overrates are a big issue or even that much of an issue. But the I,
1: paying public are robs of five overs. Yeah,
0: uh, but I I don't know how much the paying public mind or how much like journalists who want to get home to their families and see it more <laughs> as a job mind. I mean, I've, went, like some of the most exciting days of cricket that uh, I've, I've not paid any attention to how quickly the being bowled and ha- looking back, some of them, they have been 88 overs, or six overs bowled in the day. Um, and that's, I, I don't want to see... Marlon Sammy or something like yeah. that, like running through four overs of, of spin rather than like uh, Shannon Gabriel charging in, taking a bit longer to do it. Mm. Um, I also think that with any proposed solution to eights they always put the onus entirely on the bowling team, which just isn't the case. Like batsman will ask for loads of change of gloves and drinks, and you know have to change it, like all, all that sort of thing, which which also impacts it. Um, yeah, so but but I, I think that <laughs> I'm probably coming have quite a negative point of view. Um, I think
1: it's an unnecessary gimmick to be honest it would it look ridiculous if at for Lords in the ashes you had a countdown clock to the next over that Jimmy Anderson had to sprint round to it just tracks from the actual cricket um is he any opinions i, I think well, I think there's
2: danger that it will actually break up the game even more yeah. you <laughs> spend too much time sort of worrying about who's been who's who's gone over it and who's not yeah. and then um it will stop I tend to agree with you ben as well about does the paying public actually notice? But I think it's, it's almost one of those things that once it is brought to attention, mm, then you do yeah, notice yeah. it. And, and if, you, if you don't tackle it, then it could just get to the point where it's actually ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just think that penalty runs... Why? I mean, I know part but of penalty you runs as could... part of the countdown clock, but shouldn't that not be, you know, the end of the day, um, a decision made by the umpires? And then if it's made by the umpires, then they can also have the discretion to decide whether the batting team is yeah. also... Fooling around, mm. like a bit like in football when you're time wasting, right? Mm. They can bring out yellow cards, they can yeah. penalise at their discretion. Um, in a way, you could argue that umpires these days aren't aren't humans anymore because they're taking those decisions away. Maybe they need to have this this injected back yeah. into their <laughs> decision making. I do think, um, obviously, something, or well, I think the ICC have decided that something needs to be done. Um, whether this well, is, this is, the this right is way. an MCC, MCC, MCC yeah. even. Whether this is the right way, oh,
1: I think we all disagree. This yeah. <laughs> More, more change in Test cricket. has been reported today, I think, by Ali Martin in the Guardian, that squad numbers and squad names might be coming to Test cricket, starting in the Ashes. Um, what do we think about that?
0: Yeah, th- this I love. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shock horror! Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It's an amazing be, idea, isn't it? Yeah, squad numbers. I saw, I saw someone suggesting it should be Test caps. Uh, like it's it, too long. You can't have. You can have three numbers. Gail has a three-three-three on his back in the IPL. But in, or Murray had eight hundred.
1: Yeah, but in like fifty-year time, you could have like one
0: thousand three hundred twenty-three. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. We've got to think about the long, yeah. <laughs> the long time here. I mean, test cricket be around them, <laughs> will it? Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, if, I think if I was a teenager, I'd be much more likely to buy a test shirt as well, if I could get yeah. route 66 in the back or that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm all for it. Uh, I mean, they do, they wear it in counter cricket as well. So yeah. it's not as if it's going to be a huge aesthetic difference. Um, yeah, I, I, I I've, there's been a bit of a, an angry reaction, but again, I guess like it's so, and I guess the fact that there is an angry reaction, means that you should maybe approach with some caution because that is the fan base whether or not there's a A logical reason behind it or not.
2: That was the irony, almost. There was more of an angry reaction to this, which actually has no difference to the play, Mm -hmm. than to the countdown clock, which actually might have quite profound changes um, being made. And also the people that are reacting, and also the people that probably aren't going to be able to tell who's on the pitch, unless they have that name and number there. Um, And especially from a professional journalist point of view,
1: it's really useful. I think you are lying if you claim that you think it's easy to see which player is which. As it is, I think even with squad numbers and squad names, it's not going to be that easy from the stands to see which players which.
2: And especially if someone you know that spends a lot of time in part of my professional life covering cricket. If I was doing a four-day county game um, and we were quite far away, so we couldn't see say the numbers or the names that well. By the end of day four, from a player's gait and kind of their build, I could recognise them. That's the end of the match.
1: <laughs> you know,
2: you want to be able to know what's going on from day one. And like no the,
0: games go to day four anymore as well. <laughs>
2: exactly. Can so I, I think this is it's it's a no-brainer.
0: And the more I think about it, cricket has probably the biggest playing area of almost any team sport. <laughs> yeah. To have that as the one sport where you can't have a way to identify the players apart from looking at all their faces. Yeah. But, but if we like weren't getting angry about colour of their boots.
2: If we weren't getting angry about something, then
0: we yeah. would yeah. be off season yeah.
1: or pre season exactly. cricket, Exactly. It? Um, the PSL final happened. A really interesting story in the final, a guy called Mohammed name um took a three for in the final. He's only eighteen and he is now in the Australia squad for their se- Pakistan squad rather for their series against Australia. Then uh, Shane Watson likes him.
0: Yeah, yeah Sh- Shane Watson said he's the he's the quickest uh He's still
1: playing uh, yeah. <laughs> so he, in the series.
0: Yeah I know. He said he's the quickest eighteen year old he's ever faced and he's been he's been hit on the pad by a lot of young fast bowlers in his time. <laughs> so uh so that, that 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 means something and um I mean yeah i I mean who knows if he's gonna get into World Cup squad but it's, I'd love a World Cup Bolter. Yeah, um, And wouldn't it be amazing if he bowled Pakistan to victory in, a, yeah. in the World Cup It's final. also
2: an interesting trend as well. We're seeing a lot more fast bowlers, especially, um, coming up through or being exposed, um, coming onto the big stage through these big... Um, T20 tournament think of Jofra Archer he's made mm-hmm. his name in 2020 cricket you think of Jasper Bumre he came mm. through um, the IPL as well so it definitely is a sort of oh, a recently tried and tested method um, but also, also the off-field stuff from this PSL final is also something to note because it was packed houses it had been moved um, from Lahore to Karachi because of a few political issues um, around there and, and I think that um, at a time when you, you know, you've got the Christchurch bombing it's 10 years since that Sri Lanka attack there's still um, a lot of uncertainty around the safety and security of cricketers in certain parts of the world not in certain parts of the world anywhere in the world um, and I think the ICC's chief exec was out there a number of international players were out there and competing I think Max Waller from Somerset was also playing
0: <laughs> Um
2: in in packed houses in a country that has been deprived of major international cricket for 10 years now and i think that's that's a really gratifying story to see the the, the that love is still there
0: yeah and they've, they've said that their aim is for next year to have all the psl games played in in pakistan which be a, a brilliant yeah. achievement mm, it's yeah. the, the, the new pcb chief isn't it is that right Khan. No, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. um yeah it'd be, be amazing
1: yeah um another big t20 tournament the biggest one in the world, IPL, start on Saturday. Uh, some exciting news from a wisdom point of view. Uh, we've teamed up with Kingfisher Beer to offer a once-in-a-lifetime experience to watch an IPL game in India. The winner will be the recipient of two return flights to India, two hospitality tickets for an RCB game, and three nights in a five-star hotel, plus spending money. Um, It'd be great if you could actually watch the IPL, Ben, because it's going to be quite complicated to watch
0: it. Yeah, th- this is almost going to be the only way because uh, it looks at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> the only way a <laughs> competition. competition. Yeah, because uh, it looks at the moment like Sky Sports aren't going to be showing it. Last year they made quite a big deal of uh, of having signed a multi-year mere de- multi-year deal to broadcast it in the UK, and at the moment they are going to be showing a Tammy Beaumont and Rashid Khan masterclass when the first game is going on with a. Radio silence from from their part. Well, they, they say that negotiations are still ongoing, but at the same time, Hotstar UK say that they have secured exclusive digital streaming rights, which in theory leaves a window open for Sky to show it just on TV. But considering they have Sky Go and everything that goes on their TV goes on Sky Go, it's hard to see how that can how that can happen. And it's 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 a shame, really, because I mean, as much as Sky is behind a paywall, it's also you know the the the, the place where most cricket fans who have a pay to watch access will will be watching it uh and it's i mean it's it's not inconceivable that quite a lot of people have bought sky Mm. to watch the ipl and it's it's just one of a few things now that they have lost in in recent years and it's just making it worse for the consumer like they obviously lost the australia uh series to btl a, a while ago didn't show the australia series against india in india recently uh, sort of kicked up a fuss about paying for the last two T twenties in the West Indies that England were gonna pay and they were then shown on YouTube. So yeah, it's it's just it's just a an, an odd situation and it's uh strange them to now have an exclusive cricket channel and be showing less cricket than ever before, basically.
2: Well they've got to be careful as well because there's almost a right of recourse if you if you claim you can if you legitimately claim that you did buy a Sky TV um whatever it is that you need to buy um in because you thought you were going to have be able to watch the IPL over multi- they did actually say that if they said that and they didn't have that that, that's an issue for them if
1: you google IPL UK TV rights the third thing that comes up on Google is the Sky Sports article
0: saying they've signed a multi-year deal in 2018 so that makes you wonder. Yeah, you, you can you can direct all legal questions to. Qualified no, <laughs> I was just bringing a hypothetical up. <laughs> um,
1: the IPL is is a cricket competition, yeah. um, and from an English perspective, the Rajasthan Royals are quite exciting because they've got Josh Butler, Ben Stokes, and
0: Jofra Archer. What a team that is! Yeah. Uh, now now qualified as of two days ago, Jofra yeah. Archer as yeah. well. March
1: seventeenth was, a... was happy. Joffre Archer day yeah. to Ante All Patrick's Day. Yeah, a, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they're the team I'll I'll be supporting as Same. I on my Hotstar subscription. Same. Um,
2: Actually, one thing I need to ask you both because I'm I'm still pretty certain that the wrong Curran sign, as in, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to work it out because it was Tom Curran's photograph that came in yes. my and I know that sound kind of very well against India, but I'm still in a test series. In a test series, I'm, in a, yeah, exactly. In test, <laughs> I still think that the wrong current was signed and it's been glossed over and I don't think big enough deal has been made about this
0: well I, I guess obviously he doesn't have a, a huge t20 pedigree to him he's young he's a, in a way his skill set almost isn't suited to it being a sort of a, a left arm sort of 78 mile an hour swinger isn't the kind of thing that normally does does well out there but then I think people said actually similar things I know the slight slightly different stage of the cricket, but when Ben Stokes was signed, people kind of thought that he's not done loads in T20 cricket.
2: Sure, and I think that he could he could do very well, but I still think whoever <laughs> press that button, press the wrong one, the wrong is... They wanted Tom, they got Sam, and it might actually end up beautifully, but I'd love someone to come out and say, yeah, that's
1: what <laughs> that's. So I, I, my prediction, or not really a prediction, this is what I hope happens, I, I really want Sam to open the batting. I think the way he bats... Probably lends itself better to opening in the power play, batting the first six overs with the fielders in, than towards the end of the. Evening. I know he's got like he's got the ramp shot. So does everyone these days who comes through the Surrey Academy. England's um, uh, best ever six hitter, isn't he? Not yet in tests. <laughs> he's. What, I think he's already in the top ten six hitters in English Test history. So or top fifteen. Um, so I'd love to see Curran open batting and he's also a very good bowler as well
0: um, but we we can't comment on if it was a mistake that he was signed but uh, I
1: think we can we, we, we'll ask say the it wasn't a mistake but yeah,
0: <laughs> but yeah Tom <laughs> Curran has in, in serious has been sort of robbed of a of an IPL deal yeah. He uh, he's came on really well with the bat in in the big bash as well as showing what you can do in the death with the ball and he's a, a very canny T20 cricketer and I sort of fancy him to even if he doesn't play in the World Cup he could play a really big part in England's T20 World Cup campaign next year possibly I'd
2: um, quite like to have seen this, this tilted conversation over dinner table when. That
0: yeah. <laughs> and then Ben Curran just uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> bye guys um,
1: have would be you... great if they signed Ben <laughs> Curran <quite existed. laughs> yeah. is there a rule where you can only sign one player from a family Tom, Sam, and
2: Ben I mean these are sort of three letter boys net yeah. yeah. quite common it, boys isn't very it? Confusing. Just,
1: yeah yeah, yeah. It um, have you guys seen the uh, MS Dhoni video oh him going goodness. out for a bat Yeah, wow.
2: I think the best dude I saw that was was it more popular than the Beatles because um, <laughs> he, he absolutely is it was a practice session wasn't it and it's yeah
1: done. yeah. If, if you've not seen it it's a video of Dhoni walking out to bat for a net session at the Chennai Super Kings ground at a packed house and the, the camera is following Dhoni as he walks out to bat and the noise from the crowd is extraordinary yeah. Cricket really is immensely popular in India, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it was really... It's also interesting. Uh, I think Josh Butler spoke to the press a couple of days ago um, just before he goes out to Rajasthan Royals. And, and he was talking about having to sort of embrace the, the chaos mm. of India, um, or at least cricket in India. Um, and he was asked whether he would... Would want to have that level of fame that would almost prevent you going to the shops, going mm. outside. And he was, well, I mean, as most normal people I think would say, no, he can go to his Tesco's and he can shop around. I mean, which
1: is actually a concern as an English cricket fan that Josh Butler can go to Tesco's. And...
2: Yeah, okay, maybe, but well, it's too far the other way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but equally, you just having having been out there and being able to move you know obviously move around etc mm. having to imagine what it must be like living a life where you mm. hold up your whole time and then to go out and perform it does make it almost even more even more remarkable that the pressure that they've got on their shoulders it's it's something else um, yeah so yeah drink some Kingfisher beer <laughs> and you too can see what it's like out there because honestly I don't think as, as cricket fans you ever really experience cricket until you've seen Live in India, um, preferably IPL because it's just nuts.
0: And how how was the support for for the the women's stuff when you're out there?
2: Um, To be honest, on the ground, not not great. Um, But it's it's a sort of a trade off at the moment. I think with the the stage of development of the women's game is that it was uh, televised on on Star Mm. Sports, Um, every single match televised, Um, and they had from what I understand quite big viewer viewer uh, ratings, etc. But it was they all played at nine o'clock on weekdays. Um, and not particularly much publicity around uh, the actual grounds. More so in Guwahati, where it's a little bit more isolated, a smaller, smaller sort of cricketing culture. So it was um, a big event in the, yeah. the city. A lot of newspaper coverage. Whereas Mumbai, of course, there's, there's so much going on there. It's 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 a funny stage. It's
1: getting there. Um, just I think just by looking at the social media numbers that the IPL franchise teams get, mm. it's comparable to Manchester United football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is huge, huge tournament. Uh, one of the Especially teams...
2: one for two months. The yeah,
1: yeah. Um, one of the teams, Sunrisers Hyderabad, tweeted uh, a welcome photo and message for Johnny Bairstow.
0: Making his IPL debut, yeah.
1: Making his IPL debut, but they also said, uh, welcome Johnny, this first time in India. <laughs> Johnny Bairstow that. has toured India three times with England. And has probably gone to India other times as well. That was quite funny. Um, I also we don't, like the fact don't that he's know.
2: playing for somewhere in Hyderabad so that he has this kind of nice orange and orange. Yeah, set
0: up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was tactical. And he gets quite red in the face sometimes yeah. as well. Is know, yeah. no,
2: no colour clashes there.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, moving tact a little bit. Um, Wisden are going to be the media partners for the Street Child World Cup that will take place in May this year. It's really exciting stuff. The finals will be will take place at the Lords. I think all teams will be playing there. Um and Izzy, you're part of the team that will be broadcasting as well.
2: I am so excited about this. I mean there's we're, we're spoiled for riches this summer when it comes mm. to cricket with the World Cup, the Ashes, men's women's, etcetera, et cetera. But the Street Child Cricket World Cup is being played for the first time that cricket tournament um is being played before the World Cup. They've done it with football, they've done it with the Real Olympic Games. Um and I actually when I was at Mumbai got to go and meet and talk to two girls. Um Sharma and Bhavani aged 13 and 15 they're part of the Magic Bus India Foundation which is a uh, charity that works with um, street children in just on the outskirts of Mumbai in a big slum out there and they'll be representing Team India South and I, they were such amazing human beings to talk to not just because they were obviously very excited about what, what they were going but also about what they thought that participating in a tournament like this could do for a woman playing mm-hmm. sport, the fact that they're playing in mixed teams with boys and girls um that there will be with some publicity that they can change some attitudes of restricted girls playing sport and cricket in their hometowns um and and i i really hope it's a success i'm sure it will be um i can't wait
1: i think they're an extraordinary organization street child united they put on the 2018 street child football world cup in russia which you can imagine has uh, logistical issues when you're trying <laughs> so to get diplomatic yeah <laughs> well you're tro- you're trying to get uh loads of children who've never left their country don't have uh, passports to 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 Russia, and they played that uh, right slap bang in the centre of Moscow. Um, It'll
0: be just as tough getting them to the England after Brexit. I think. Yeah, oh, oh,
1: <laughs> politics, politics. Hey, it might not happen by then. Um, yeah. Um, should, should we finish with Leeward Islands?
0: Yeah, as as we always do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: So Is there a trip to there as well. Yeah. <laughs> you might have missed this one. Uh, so Leeward Islands uh, in the regional four day tournament in the Caribbean were bowled out for ninety and conceded a first innings lead of 101. In their second innings, they declared on 83 for 2, which if you're good at maths, you'll work out that's that's enough to have, to have made them lost by an innings. Um, so they didn't bat twice. Why did they do this? They thought that um, if they declared and lost by an innings at that point, their, their opponents, Bob Bados, wouldn't have secured enough bonus points to overtake them. Great in theory, slightly unsporting perhaps. Um, but they actually miscalculated, and Barbados took home seventeen point four points that took them to their season tally of one hundred thirty four point two. <laughs> what is this scoring system? Um, which took them 0.2 points ahead of Leeward Island at the end of the se- uh, end of the season,
0: um, which is just tragic. That's karma, isn't I was it? Say, isn't
2: yeah. that just basic karma? <laughs> it's sort of rather wonderful, really. Because
0: <laughs> you, you get you get it in club cricket, don't you? Like it's yeah. sort of hand ringing when a, when a team in Wales declares on twenty for one, so they can yeah. win the. The club championship, but at least in those instances, they, they do they do win it. I mean, d- did no one just think to, to double check it? <laughs> just sort of a, hang on, <laughs> that's
1: it. I think this is one of the wonderful quirks of cricket. Yeah, and, um, I love it even more for it. But I've never understood if you're in that environment, you're in the League with team, and someone say, "Guys, should we actually try and win?"
0: Well, when, maybe before the game, when you've been bowled out for. For nineteen, you can see a lead of hundred and one.
2: But what was even better is that it wasn't even as though they were going to
1: get anything out of it apart from come second in the table. We're going to win. It's like, yes, guys. In fairness, it could be a considerable prize money difference between second and third. Yeah. You never know. Um but Izzy, thanks so much for joining us today. It's
2: a pleasure. Enjoyed
1: having you on. Ben, thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Um thanks for listening, folks. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, tell your friends and shout about it on the internet. See you next week.
0: Podcast Network.